one of the five regrets of the dying is that they wish they would have invested more in their friendships. See, God is not divided. It says in Deuteronomy 6, 4, that God is one. And you and I were created in the image of God, yet the way we live is fractured, as if we were two or three or four. And people just see a piece of us, and then another person sees another piece, and another piece and sees another piece. The way that we have meaningful community is to live lives that aren't fractured, but instead integrated lives with people. It takes us intentionally investing in relationships and taking risks with people to get there, though. It takes time and consistency and experiencing good and bad alongside of each other. We have been created to live in wholeness and yet often fragment ourselves, which leads to isolation and loneliness. Sociologists say that the average family of five has somewhere around 35 different relationship groups to maintain. Not 35 relationships, but relationship groups like uh, a soccer team, a small group, friends from high school, work, neighbors, family, your fitness class. You get what I'm saying? What tends to happen is that you just give a little piece of yourself, a fragment to each one of those groups here and there. And no group knows us fully. They know the soccer team version of me. They know the work version of me. They know the school version of me. They know the gym version of me. They know the neighbor version of me. They know the Instagram or Facebook version of me. You get what I'm saying. According to the American Institute of Stress, physicians and sociologists said that it's actually possible to be in the company of others and yet still feel isolated. Because many of us have a a large group of friends, right? But really, we're just acquaintances. They know a piece of us, and we know a piece of them. But there are very few, if any, places where we are fully known. For many of us, our reality is fragmented isolation. All kinds of different relationships that we're in, but each of them know just a fragment of us. No one group knowing us fully. I love what Mother Teresa said. It's haunting. Loneliness is the leprosy of the modern society. Are you all right? I want to ask you that question right now. It's just the two of us right now. Are you all right? That's such a, such a weird question and difficult question to ask, right? Because when I ask you if you're all right, you just want to say, well, well yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. What a haunting question. What a deep question. Are you all right? Are you all right? It's just, it's one of those questions we ask that we don't really want the answer to, you know? How are you doing? Are you all right? And it's complicated. It's complicated, are you all right? What, what a question, are you all right? And we struggle with this, why? We struggle with this because other people who ask that question to us don't expect an answer with all the subpoints that we can and maybe even are willing to give. Here's the deal, friends. God listens and loves through his people. You see this all throughout scripture. But so often when asked this question, even though we're a good person, we lie. We say, yeah, I'm all right. I'm fine. We lie. Like you, you lie and say everything's all right. But friends, we 
are a mess. And I would often ask like, what is even happening, right? You're with me right now. I know so many of you are with me right now. In Galatians 6, 2, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, what's going on right here is Paul is giving instructions to the Galatian Christians about how to live with each other as a spirit-empowered people in Christ. In the previous verse, he told them that when one is caught up in sin, others should step in to help restore that person to walking by the spirit again. Now he tells them, and by extension, all Christians, to help carry each other's burdens. Notice what this means. Being in Christ doesn't mean that we don't have burdens to carry on this earthly life. We will. One of those burdens is the the weightiness of our temptation to give in to sin and the heaviness of trying to get out of it. And Paul wanted us to share burdens and battle temptation, but not on our own. The term used here by Paul is instructive. He describes these uh, weights using this Greek term, bear, which in the New Testament means uh, something that applies to an excessive or extreme weight. And we carry others' burdens. And as well, sometimes through seasons, those burdens are too much for us to haul around on our own. Such burdens for you might include relationship issues, financial problems, illness, emotional difficulties, indecisiveness. God's Spirit certainly gives us the power to deal with these issues. But another way God intends to provide for those in Christ is by giving us the ability to help each other in and through meaningful relationships. One way we can fail in this area is by refusing to allow anyone to see the burdens that we're carrying. We can mistakenly think that being a Christian means we should be self-reliant in every way and all of the time. And in a few verses, Paul will actually write that we do need to carry the weight of our responsibilities in Christ. But Christians are also meant to help each other with the loads that we carry when they become overwhelming. How does helping to carry each other's loads fulfill the law of Christ? Well, Paul earlier quoted Jesus in saying that the entire law is fulfilled in one word, love. Love is the law of Christ. The New Testament even talks about confessing your sins to each other. Today, not only do we not confess our sins, we blame other people for theirs. This creates such a mess for us and distance relationally. And at some point to not get to the end of our lives and say, I wish I would have invested into more meaningful relationships. Then we have to figure out how to move towards that relational oneness. And the truth is the discipline of confession moves us towards oneness, bringing our full selves into relationship. In a letter in the New Testament of the Bible written by James, the brother of Jesus, James gives us great insight. And we see it says in James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. There's, There's something healing about allowing a few other people know you more fully. Not necessarily like, let me sit down, I'm gonna tell you my darkest and deepest secrets over the next two hours, but in a slow revealing of 
more and more of yourself as you learn to trust one another. Confession is really just simply willing to offer self-disclosure. It doesn't have to be like a scary church word. It's actually you just deciding to share just a little bit more and just a little bit more of yourself in a fully honest way. It's when somebody doesn't have to pry to get something out of you. But sometimes in relationships, not all relationships, but these are people who are willingly and regularly offering disclosure. I love the illustration that the Northern American common porcupine gives us. (laughs) Hang with me. The porcupine has 30,000 quills, and each one of those quills can be driven into an enemy at any time to cause wounds that sometimes can be fatal. In uh, popular culture and children's books, we don't regard the porcupine as this like lovable, snuggly animal. And for the most part, porcupines travel alone. And there's actually no term for a group of porcupines because they don't travel in groups. You never like, there, look, there's a herd of porcupine. But the porcupine doesn't always want to be alone. Late autumn, it's mating season, and for once a year, in a short period of time, the porcupine is looking for a mate, which forces the porcupine to have to figure out, how do I get close without getting hurt? A naturalist describes it this way and how this takes place. Males and females, they say, remain together for a couple of days before mating. They may touch paws and even walk on their hind feet in the so-called dance of the porcupines. So porcupines slowly touch paws and warm up to one another where they learn to put down their quills and dance. This is the reality of moving towards confession, which is really about vulnerability. It's a slow dance of learning to trust one another so that we can get close. But if we never move in that direction, we will continue to live fragmented lives everywhere, never giving anyone or any group the whole of who we are. The reality is that you can only be loved to the extent that you are known. So here's the deal. The most important part of any Bible study is when we close the book. Then we have the opportunity to enter in to choose, to decide if we have just studied for study's sake or more clearly fix our eyes on Jesus, our God, and our guide. So I offer some next steps, ways that you can apply this this week, and I will then share with you one of my own for this week. If we want to see our lives transformed or the lives of others, we must enact spiritually informative things into our lives. So here's a first great next step. To move towards intentional connection with someone you don't get to see on a regular basis. Finding ways to connect and share life that work in this current circumstance that we're in, COVID. Another one is stop making excuses for not getting in some sort of group life. So after worship today, we'll talk about some opportunities that you can get into just that. Some small groups with some people that you can do life with. And now here's my personal one. A friend to confess with. Remember what James says in 5.16? Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So this week, I'm going to identify a friend and create a meaningful relationship around just that. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to call you five days a week, 
and we're gonna have a conversation together at 7.50 a.m. for five days a week, and I'm gonna confess to you my sins of yesterday, and you're gonna confess to me your sins of yesterday. Then that's not the end. We're not just gonna pray for each other, but then we're gonna talk about what are we gonna do about this? What are we gonna do to fix the sins of yesterday so we can actually start to see spiritual formation taking place in our lives? Not just talking about it, but doing something about it and then pray for one another in those things. And then the next day, we're gonna get to hear how we made adjustments and how we continue to use this trellis of spiritual formation so that we can continue to grow and see spiritual fruit begin to take place on this trellis of confession. That's what I'm going to do this week. Maybe for you, it's just reconnecting to someone intentionally. And maybe for you, it's getting into a smaller group that's already been creative that you're making excuses about not getting in. What are you going to do? Not just close the book on today and walk away and say, great TED talk. I'll use some scripture. You talked about the Bible. But to continue to dig into the scriptures and understanding how God created us for community. And God as three persons and even one. That we were created for wholeness with others. And see what comes out of that. Well, I want to send you off today with a blessing. And then we're going to do some worship. And we have some next steps for those of you. Maybe you want to take the first best next step which is beginning to look at what it looks like to follow Jesus. But before that, let me send you off with a blessing. May we enter in, choose, decide to more clearly fix our eyes on Jesus, our God, our guide. And may we share in the blessings that we were created for in meaningful relationships with others. Speaking of a meaningful relationship, I'm going to go enjoy one right now.